talk with me and Sam. Roof talk with me and Sam. City women getting with it. Up high. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Sam. And I'm Mia. I'm Luke. And we are here with Roof Talk episode seven? seven. I think it's seven. Yeah. Took a week off last week. Mm-hmm. It felt like collectively we all just kind of needed to take a breath. Yeah, so take a pause, take a pause um, and mm-hmm. take care of ourselves. But we're back now and we have a very special guest. Mm-hmm. Very special. Yeah. Very, very special. Um, Luke. Am I the first male guest also? No, you're not. I'm sorry. You're the third male guest? Third, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Third male guest. But you're the first one that I've brought into the mix. So that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about, we went to high school together. That's how we know each other. Yes, we did. In Houston, Texas, many, many years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us like a little, just a little like brief snippet about yourself. Yeah, so we went to we went to high school together, um, and I took the very odd, like left of center route, in that I went to a liberal arts school at Belmont and Nashville, and got pretty plugged into the bluegrass scene in Nashville. Was in a few bluegrass bands, um, then sort of switched and started doing R and B stuff just on a solo, just me, um, and did that for like the next three years, and then I started doing like journalism. He looked me up like right when I graduated from college, I was writing for Rolling Stone for about six months. And then I did, it, things got kind of crazy. And I was like a barista for a while. And like, I worked at a pizza place. And then I started touring with a guy named Daniel Denod. I don't know what makes certain things, spe- like there's plenty of other stuff that happened during these times, but I'm just and going. We'll, and we'll talk about it. But, this okay. <laughs> but uh, then I toured with somebody for a while and then I didn't like that and I quit. And then I um, so, like, somehow got a job with my job currently as a publicist at Sony Music and I've just been doing that for the past 13 months and it's been a wild fucking ride yeah wild fucking ride yeah yes I can't it's it's just wild to think about like all the things that you've done since you graduated college and like I feel like you've dipped your toes into a lot of different areas within the same industry like it's it's all been kind of music with the exception of the barista job, right? Yeah, the barista job. And there were like seven of those. Like I did a lot of service jobs. Which was your which was your favorite? Favorite? They all sucked ass, all of them, <laughs> in like their own unique ways. Um, probably, oh shit, a favorite one? Probably I was a Uber Eats driver. I got fired from that, actually. And, Wait, I, have to, uh, I have to know why you got fired. Yeah. It was so lame. It was so dumb. I went and you guys know Ginny's Ice Cream? In mm-hmm. Nashville. Yeah, so I yeah. go to Jenny's and, and these girls from Vandy get like, like no lie, like $55 worth of ice cream. And it's for these two girls. And so I get all that ice cream and I pull up to Vandy and all they say is the pick, the drop off point is Vandy. That's all it is. They don't wow. say where it is. So I drive and I'm just like, all right, I'm at Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt's like a sprawling across downtown yeah. area. So I'm just there somewhere. And, uh, I get fired. Like, and they don't get their ice cream. My girlfriend and I at the time, like, ate it all. And uh, I got a call from, like, a number that wasn't recognized by my phone. They're like, hey, we don't really have a reason, but we're going to have to let you go <laughs> as an Uber Eats driver. What so, the fuck? They didn't even, yeah. they even try to call you and, like, figure out where you were? 
the girls were really fucked up. I could tell. So there was just not. They were going to black out. They were just yeah. like, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. We've had those nights at, at my apartment, me and Sam. One night I, like, called Domino's and just got cinnamon sticks. Like, yeah. that's it. I didn't get any pizza. And all of a sudden I was, like, walking around apartment and I the elevator opens and it's just a little thing of cinestics on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's very much a fuck you delivery. (laughs) Yeah, very much a fuck you delivery. I was like, they got here. Yeah. They made it. Yay. Made it. We did it. We did it. What are you guys drinking? Sam, you go first. Well I've got a concoction of liquids here. I have this is my dinner, which is a it's my first time making it. 1010 would recommend. It is a peanut butter chai smoothie. I'm stressed about that combination. It's good? Yeah. So Trader Joe's sells like chai concentrate. You can like mix it with either water or milk to make like a chai latte or something like that. And so you put that in a blender with like frozen banana, oats, chia seeds, um, and peanut butter. And I added some chocolate chips and cinnamon. It's very good. It's my dinner. Um, and then I also have water. And then I also have wine. Sounds like you need some more liquids yeah. in order to finish off. Yeah, I'm very, you know what, Ani, I like, I'm one step away from having Pedialyte here. So <laughs> what are you doing, Luke? I'm drinking a little coffee and Jack Daniels. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Irish coffee. Love right. That. Exactly. Um, are you in like a all liquid diet or something no i just um honestly i've been trying to make more smoothies as of late because i've developed an egg intolerance and i'm very used to having eggs for breakfast so i'm like i got it i got a new blender and i was like i'm just gonna try all these recipes out so uh cool found this one on tiktok and i was like you know what it's protein i could just eat it for dinner it'll be easy yeah Yeah. i found a lot of good recipes on tiktok like randomly and I became like TikTok friends with one of my favorite um like influencers I always like comment on her stuff like love this recipe and then all of a sudden she followed me back and I was like no I'll Um, take it it works but I'm drinking rosé it's great it's very you know it's just rosé it's very basic yeah yeah it's really good this is weird. Have you guys done a Zoom meeting yet? Or is it have, have they all been in person? Meeting, I mean, podcast episode? Yeah, we've done we've done two in, per, well, three in person if you count our first one, which was just us two. Um, but the rest of them have been over Zoom. And it's actually, I mean, it's not ideal, but like, it's cool. I mean, you're in Austin, so like we couldn't do in person. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to get back to in person like at some point, but... Yeah, Zoom just kind of opens the door to like, you, like you know, you can do episodes with people that aren't in the same city as you, or you don't. You can yeah. just your scheduling is a little bit freer, knowing that you can do this. And yeah. honestly, you know, for the most part, when you listen to these episodes that are recorded virtually, they don't really sound bad. Um, they sound pretty solid, so it works. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious. I like talking to people who I feel like have done a little bit of everything and I like in like your quick synopsis of yourself you were like I did this this and then I did this and then I did this and like ha- like going from like to R&B from bluegrass to then like I know some of the artists that you've worked with and then you also write and public and like you, you're, you're like you're doing like journalism and stuff like that so like 
I love talking to people that do a bunch of different stuff. Can you talk a little bit about like why you like to do a bunch of different things? Cause I feel yeah. like some people are very much like one track mind yeah. going for one thing, but I, I, I like talking to people that can stop along the way and try other avenues. Yeah, for sure. It, trying is definitely the big operative word there because <laughs> each time it's just been like a new branch into something that I felt confident that I could do. Um, but I don't know, I think anxiety of failure, like in each way, like at no point did I stop and say like, I'm gonna quit doing bluegrass and now I'm gonna do R&B. It was more of like, a, um, especially at Belmont, there were just so many musical people around you that it didn't really feel like a pivot or a big change for me. It was just like, but then people started like around me, like my friends were like, Luke used to be like a bluegrass guy and now he's an R&B guy. And I guess that's sort of, I was like, yeah, I guess that did kind of happen. But it is sort of like a following your muse kind of just whatever your heart is. I probably would have gotten more sustainability, I guess, if I had stuck in one thing and just gone for it. But I feel like now I have some weird stability. Like the thing about the music industry, as I'm sure you both know, is it's just like a fucking minefield. Yeah of just people who are, you know, pretending to be other people. And just like, it's really, there's to imagine having like health insurance and to have like a stable job that you enjoy in the music industry. is just like getting there just seems like this crazy far away thing. But when I interviewed for this job, I just knew so many people who worked at this place. And I think that that's sort of what helped is that I had done so much other stuff on the periphery that you just meet somebody in like every pocket of the national scene. Yeah. that like it just becomes easier but yeah I hope that provides some background but no and I'm sure it helps you write about music too like and deal with all your new clients because like you just acquired some more clients and like you know I, are they all kind of in the same like section of the industry or are they like different genres yeah it's crazy like right now a lot of our scouting gets done on TikTok. So I have a client who's a 17 year old girl named Georgia Webster. And I don't know, maybe you know who she is. I'm, and then I'm I have sure a, I've seen her. Yeah, and then, I mean, Brad Paisley's on that list. And of course he's like nearly 50 and sort of is not active on TikTok really. So it's sort of sprawling across the country music industry. I mean, it's like the biggest country music label. So you'll get some crazy different personalities in there. Right. Um, but. It's a lot of fun. The only shitty part is, of course, like you're just working from home. Like right now I would have been to, you know, the Grammys twice and I would have been to Las Vegas and would have been in New York a few times. But instead I'm like just sitting in my room, like it work days over and I'm just like, OK, <laughs> there was another. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to bopping around the country when we can start doing that again. I know I like never thought I would miss like being at events like in heels all night and like you know kind of hating my life but also like meeting a yeah. bunch of new people and yeah know, that that's the hardest thing about all of this like I just see the people I know all the time which is which is so fine and like I love the people in my life yeah. but you know it's weird to not meet new not even have the option to meet new people yeah 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 that's true I feel like I'm constantly meeting new people but they're just like it's always over zoom or <laughs> <laughs> or all, just like it's yeah. all like virtual zoom dates <laughs> yeah exactly zoom dates yeah it's, yeah it's not the it's not the moment there's nothing more awkward than a zoom date yeah Oof. i went on a date last night that was like a third date um 
and I'm still still pretty hungover from that time. But it was good. <laughs> I feel like dates now are so are so different, even than they were non-pandemic times, because everyone's like, "Are you vaccinated? Like, are yeah. you <laughs> safe to be touching? <laughs> like, what's what's good? Yeah, yeah, but." Cool. My boyfriend and I, when we, before we started dating, I was, this is last year, I was in Oklahoma and he was here in New York and we had like a couple Zoom dates and like we knew each other already because yeah. we, we like are in the same industry and we were friends before, but like we had a couple Zoom dates and we were just kind of like sitting on Zoom like, so like, do you want to watch a movie? Like, yeah. and then, then we were like, oh cool, I can't wait to hang out when I get back to the city. And then like right before I left to come back to New York, they added they re-added uh, Oklahoma to the quarantine list. So then I was like, unfortunately, I will not be able to see you <laughs> when I get back because I have to sit in my apartment for two weeks. But like, hit me up after that. Yeah. And then we can hang out. Um, well, you guys made it through the pandemic. Well, you did, I mean, it's not over yet. But to have made it this far in the pandemic is a true test. I was talking to our mutual friend, Tyler Gunt. Uh, Tyler Gant, famously married. Yeah, yeah, famously married. I hang out. I usually end up hanging out with him like once or twice a week, but he's in commercial real estate, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, here's some crazy stories about all that right now. Have I I ever told you about Tyler? Like when I first met Tyler, when we were like five years old. Uh, No, no. Oh my god. So Sam, Tyler, like when he was little, he like kind of looked like a mini Leonardo DiCaprio. Like he had like the sandy blonde hair. Have you never seen pictures of him when he was like little? When he's like, no, I don't think so. No. Oh my god. Every girl had a crush on him. It was so funny, and he was like really good at kickball. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we were like in the same homeroom or something, like in first grade, first like kindergarten or first grade, and our name, our last names were like right next to each other because his is Gant and mine is (laughs) Jerome. So I like looked at the cubby next to mine and I was like, "Who's Tyler?" And he came walking in and he just had like the swoop, like Justin Bieber hair. Oh my god. He was like the coolest kid in school. And now he's married, so. Now he's married. But you guys dated, right? You were there Oh, first. yeah. I was one of the first girlfriends. I was a yeah. little, I was a little slew at ROV. You know, <laughs> you know why you came up? I was talking to his wife, who's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, but I was talking to her, and I, that's when you came up. And I was like, I was standing next to J, J, you know, JP. Mm-hmm. And JP was like, you guys dated. And then someone made some comment, and we're all like, no, <laughs> like some, some comment, like, Mia was there first or something. Oh, my God. No, I really did. I, I got around in, in Westview, for sure. I mean, it was all hand-holding, but. Westview was know. scary. Westview yeah, was West scary. U- where, did you, where did you live? So I lived, like, close to the Galleria. So the cop, but the oh. cop situation in Westview, like when I started hanging out with Tyler and Sam and all those guys, it was, I just remember being scared of being pulled over constantly and just like mm. arrested for being young. <laughs> for being <laughs> Like a cop being like, you're under 16 or you're under 18. I don't know. Yeah. No, I get that. It was a very like buttoned up neighborhood. Yeah. I understand. Um, yeah. Wait, I was going to ask you something about college, maybe? Frankie has entered the chat also. Oh, yeah. Frankie. Sam has Frank- a cutie Frankie. French bulldog. Very. She, I love bulldogs. She's still mad at me. Um, last night after I was hanging out with Mia last night, and after we left, uh, we came home and gave Frankie a bath. Oh, yeah. And she's she still bad. mad at me. Look, she uh, won't look at me. Frankie. Wow. Frankie. Oh my god, she's okay. so mad. So cute because they like they have knees. 
Like, do dogs have knees? Yeah. Like, what's yeah, they going have little, little knees. Little <laughs> but, nothing, but the knees don't do anything. They don't have like a function. They're just there. Like, do you they have knees? <laughs> hey. Really Not cute. the knees. Wait, oh, I know what I wanted to ask. You just came out with a, a new song or like a new like oh, version yes. of a song. That's yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. That's a, thank you. I put out, yeah, a little live song yesterday. Just feel like, because we had some recent action with our Bluegrass song. I think I was talking to you about this. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go viral or anything. But one of the videos got like 50,000 views in like, you know, a couple of days because it was used in this podcast. So I felt pressure to put some stuff out. Wait, so was, that, was that Small Victory or no? No, uh, it was Waiting for Death, which is like a nine-year-old song. It's like the first song I released when I was in Belmont. It's like this weird, quirky uh, song, Bluegrass song. But some lady reached out over email and was like, hey, could I use it in my podcast? And I just thought it was some random podcast. And I was like, yeah, just throw me some dollars on Venmo and you can use it for whatever. And then it turns out she has like over 900,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel called Philosophy Tube. And it's an incredible, like highly produced. I had no idea. I didn't do any research. I just said yes. But I I looked into it and it's really cool. Um, Shit, you need to get paid more money for that. Um, it was fine. I got a lot of exposure for that video. Yeah, so. True. True. Yeah. 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 Right. So when yeah. did you write this, um, this new like live piece that you just, um, I knew this is how you, I know when it's right to like put something out. It's really like a heart gut thing. And it was, I, <clears throat> I went to this day party and it was like, just a bunch of, it was like right when I first came down here, it was a bunch of like tech sales guys. And I felt obviously completely out of my element from like just being surrounded by that. But I had a good time and had like close friends from high school and stuff. But I I left early and came back to my apartment and it just like came out, completely came out. And it's like I wrote it in like 45 minutes, like the finished version. And I went to the studio. I had a studio session scheduled for the next day and we were scheduled to work on something else. But I came in and I was like, we're not doing that. We're just going to finish this song in like three hours. And that's what we did. And we made like a little video of it. Um, but it was great. I mean, those are the songs that, that you have no questions about after they're, they're finished um, because they come from someplace special. Um, but I, I also know it's something special when I, it makes me think, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like the song. Yeah, like what did like you think about? I don't really know. It made me think it could apply to anything. Like the song is called Something Hurt Me Tonight. And it didn't, it wasn't thinking about any certain experience or anything like that. It was just like that could in any time that you're in pain or you feel any sort of stress, I feel like there's always a weird confusion attached to that. Like it's never just like an easy thing to understand. Like I'm in pain. Some nights you just go home or some days and you're just like, why do I feel shitty today for some reason? And so each verse in the song is like a different scenario. Like the first one, the girl looks at you in a weird way. The second one, you visit friends and things aren't exactly the same. And the third verse is like, sort of goes back to the relationship vibe. But, but yeah, it just came out supernaturally in like 45 minutes and it was, uh, it was right for what it was, but yeah. So that, that came out yesterday. Um, and I'm also at the stage where I don't, I'm gonna keep on putting out music, but I don't really care right now about getting like a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sorry. Um, but yeah, what, what was, did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, I 
I feel like we've talked a little bit about songwriting um, just because I told you that I was like very intimidated by songwriting just because I don't play an instrument yet. You will be my guitar teacher when I buy a guitar. Right, right, right. But yeah, I'm intimidated by songwriting because like I I can think of lyrics, but then I have no idea how to like rhythmically put them together with like an interesting melody and like I do better when somebody comes to me with a song and then I can try to figure out how to sing it and make it I I don't that probably doesn't make any sense but no that totally makes sense right I feel like there's like I feel like there's like there's a there's something equivalent to kind of like a songwriting creation process for every aspect of making music or art like I feel like if you're not the one writing the song you're the one figuring out how to sing it if you're not the one choreographing the dance you're the one figuring out how to dance it it's very I feel like it's very much it's making total sense yeah Yeah. and like to that point the closer you get to like the center of the industry meaning like the songwriters who are cranking out hits for like ariana grande and stuff and the weekend or like like landing lyrics writing credits with those artists like that's the way it works like they're known as like top line people or just beat people or melody people like there are people who exist on earth whose job it is just to write pop melodies um they're also, vi- I mean, you guys probably know, already know all of this, but they're also like vibe guys. Have you ever heard of vibe guys? Wait, yeah. I've never so. heard of vibe guys. What are vibe guys? <laughs> Pretty crazy. I mean, they're hired by publishing companies just, just to go to uh, songwriting sessions and just to make sure everyone feels good. No. <laughs> and no. Like to, are you serious? To, yeah, to like loosen the tension if there is any, like they'll bring whatever, I mean, they'll come with girls, they'll come with guys, they'll come with coke, they'll come with alcohol but they're just yeah just non-disclosure just sort of like hired they're just known as really good people you know people people they're kind uh, of like um they're like i heard a story party party people i want to hear your story they're like they're like hype party people that yeah like to go to parties and make it fun yeah exactly exactly um but they're like on contract can you imagine what that life is like just like no coming to songwriting sessions you're not responsible for any of the work really you're just supposed to like make sure everyone feels okay <laughs> so it's kinda... and you're getting paid for it yeah yeah okay, what, what's your story about a vibe guy it's not like an interesting well it, it so my friend who i lived with in nashville for a long time who's actually pretty tiktok famous now his ex-girlfriend was a pretty successful songwriter in la um who's that body who's that big songwriter named bot okay i'm not gonna be able megan to... the stallion body yaddy yaddy that one not it's not a song it's a songwriter's name Anyways, she was with him and the, the publisher set it up and he didn't like writing with girls or something like that. It was like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And so he, his publisher, I think it was Sony ATV. We hate that. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that. what this, Bozzy, that's his name, right? Bozzy? Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> what does he, ri- I know, yes. Yeah, I really hope I'm not mixing this up. I'm mad at yeah. Bozzy. She had a story. Maybe it was Bozzy. She had a session with Bozzy and I heard some stuff and maybe I'm like blending these two stories, but basically she was in a session with like the guy did needed someone to like come and help out. So the guy came and he was like, came bearing Coke and like alcohol and stuff. And it was like 11 AM and Brooke was just like, dude, I don't, I don't know if I'm in like, this I'm right good. now. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's a vibe guy. And you know, they're hired by, by uh, oh. pretty crazy. That's... I had a similar experience like that once at um, Major Bob, Bob Schneider, who is Garth Brooks's manager, has his own publishing company. And I went in and it was like 1 p.m. session. And 
I won't say the guy's name, but he's pretty, he's pretty successful. He was signed to major Bob. I'm not sure if he is still anymore, but I went in and he had like this moonshine that he immediately cranked out. And at the time I didn't have, I've never had a publishing deal, but at the time it was like actively like, that's what I want to do. So it was a huge deal for me. I had like a, it sounds cheesy, but like this sort of way, I mean, I was like sort of dressed up, you know, for the part. And I came and I like met with the publisher and her assistant beforehand. And they're like, take me to the room. I take the room. The guy immediately like brings out a bong and moonshine. And uh, so I'm like on the level. So I kind of like, you know, drink, drink the moonshine and take a few bong hits. And like, while the bong hit is in my hand, Tina, the lady who like runs the place, like opens the door like, Hey, just making sure we're getting some work done in here. And uh, no, I mean, it was fine. I mean, she, she like left, but I, I thought that was so funny. I mean, it's just write songs at all costs, you know, (laughs) do, do whatever you have to do. Yeah, I know like inspiration hits everyone like at different points yeah. and like it depends on who you're working with and stuff. Like I know I get super creative late at night. Like I'm not mm-hmm. writing songs, but I'm like, you know, singing in my bathroom. Um <laughs> always in my bathroom. <laughs> my neighbors <laughs> fucking hate me. Um but then I know people who like early in the morning, they're like they write songs and they like, you know, do journal entries yeah. and they and I just like don't I don't have that impetus ever to do it early in the morning sure early in the morning is tough do you meditate that's when that's what i do if i wake up early i I try and meditate i don't i'm the worst i don't meditate meditating scares me (laughs) um do you wait are you still like writing a lot these days um no i'm not I'm not. I You're make board videos. You're I'm board board, I am board belting. That is I what love I'm doing. It. I'm board belting. And I just started a new job at a startup. So I'm, oh, that, I told you yeah. about it. So, it so sounds I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm talking, that job is so funny because like, I'm a professional recruiter for these jobs that I know really nothing about, but I'm interviewing people for them. So like, I'm asking them about their compensation and they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to start at like 300 K. And I'm like, Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I'm like throwing out topics that I just don't know anything about. So (laughs) it's, it's crazy, but I'm learning things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, that's that's really cool. Um, and getting out of your comfort zone and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, yeah, I I like the company because it's like very young. It's like mostly female driven and like, it's a startup and they're all like, really really excited about the company and I just haven't worked for a company in a long time that has that outlook you know like I feel like I've been around a lot of jaded energy for a long time and that's very common in our industries right I mean like everyone's been around the block a few times and it's it's rough so I like working with people that are like really stoked about what they're doing yeah you know yeah passion is weird it's yeah. like contagious, but at the same time, it can be really hard to come by. I feel like. Yeah, because it like hits you at random times, and yeah. like you don't always feel passionate about what you're doing. I mean, like I think I think Sam can speak to that too, because like, you know, when you're in a show, Sam is usually in Hamilton. I don't know if I told you that, Luke. Awesome. Um, but yeah, you can speak to like I mean, doing a show eight times a week for like three plus years is just like that's a lot. Yeah. And I like, it doesn't make me any less passionate about it, but it is very much like when you're training for something, no one tells you that like your love for what you love to do will change over time. Like it'll become a different kind of, yeah, you know, like growing up and doing theater. And like, I grew up very much in the commercial dance world and kind of like pivoted into theater later on in life. Like 
I was just like, this is so fun and I love it so much. This is amazing. And then when you get out of college and you get your first job and then all of a sudden it becomes a government job, it's not that you love it any less, but it definitely becomes different. Yeah. You know? Wait, it becomes a government job? I'm just, no, I'm just like a figure of speech. Just like oh, the fact right, right, that like, right, right, right. especially cause like, in, again, you were talking about like, um, you know, security and like establishment and like having health insurance and having a steady job, you know, in, in our kinds of career fields, those things rarely exist. And so we have a joke, like my friend, Nick and I, Nick Walker and I, we say like, oh yeah, it's like my government job because like, I am so lucky to have a job where I'm artistically fulfilled and also I get health insurance and benefits and things like that. But at the same time, you know, because that is my work, it's a different kind of love. I I don't love it any less, but it's definitely a pivot. Yeah. Um, And I've now been performing. I graduated in 2016. I've been performing since I graduated, but I would say like my my culmination in Hamilton, I've been doing it for about four and a half years wow yeah um in terms of like lines and memorizing lines is probably such like a like basic bitch question for me to ask but just like you probably i mean you just know the lines by rote right i feel like that's 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 the sort of thing i have nightmares about is like someone puts me on stage and they're like go and i'm like i don't know what happened but i just like that so i just admire that greatly um do you yeah no what were you gonna ask sorry well you were talking about like the passion changes like no one tells you that whenever you like go for the your first full-time gig in the thing that you set out to do like no one says that your your relationship to what that is your love for it's like you're 14 15 you have the luxury of just like going hard at it and then like going home and eating a snack but like if it's the thing that's paying your bills and you're not feeling super psyched about it it just becomes this weird like guilt thing almost like why am I not psyched to play guitar today or whatever or like be on stage today but it's just, you know, it ebbs and flows in the same way. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I left, I did Hamilton in Chicago for about a year and a half. Then I left to do a show on Broadway. And then when that show closed, Hamilton was like, would you like to come back? And I hadn't done the show for a year, hadn't touched it. And of course, like, not not for any negative reason, but when I, I, I felt like my life had been so saturated with Hamilton that when I left, I was like, I'm not listening to it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not looking at it. I just need a break. And I also wanted to really immerse myself in the other show that I was doing. So they were like, you know, love to have you come back in a different track. Uh, I was singing the same vocal line, but doing some different dance things. And they were like, how much time do you think that you would need to rehearse? And like off, like without even thinking, my mind immediately was like, well, I need like six weeks to learn a track. That's standard. Like you learn everything and you, it's about six weeks, about like a month and a half, two months. And then you go in and they were like, okay, we're going to give you three weeks and we're going to see what happens. And I was like, I don't know it anymore. And I showed up on the first day of rehearsal and I knew every single word, every harmony. And the second they were like, our, my, our dance captain, Phil was like, you know, we're just going to play the opening of Hamilton. We're just going to just like, they're just going to play it on piano, just sing it and just like do whatever choreo comes to mind. And I did the entire number. Wow. Um, And I think that honestly, you know what though, like how you were saying, like, you're not always openly or as outwardly fulfilled doing your thing. The more that you do it, the longer you do it. And as it becomes a job, 
But the way that it sits in my body, like for me, it was like, okay, there were definitely days in Chicago where I was like, I don't want to fucking go do Hamilton right now, but I did it anyway. And whether I realized it or not, that was sitting in my body and it gave me some kind of fulfillment, even if I didn't leave the theater and feeling like a million bucks, you know, and something about that stayed in my DNA and in my muscle memory to the point where like, you know, if my body wanted to rid itself of that, it would have, but it didn't, which I think is important. And I think you know, kind of told me something about what the show actually did mean to me. And I went into the show after like two weeks of rehearsal when I originally thought I needed six. Yeah. That's insane. That's incredible. So like another very basic question, but I think about um, is acting something that you're able to get, like you wake up feeling a certain way, are you able to like express that in acting? Like if you have to act like you're happy and you're feeling pissed off, is there some way to channel you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. with music, you can get up there and like play it out. I feel like with mm-hmm. acting, when you have to like put on a certain face, can that be challenging? You're ta- well, for me personally, like, of course I consider myself an actor, but I'm a dancer before anything else, just at least yeah. in what I, in I, in what I enjoy and what, what helps me to kind of get things out. I am a dancer through and through. Um, And what I think is so brilliant about some shows like Hamilton or, oh my gosh, Frankie, stop snoring. (laughs) Um, You know, or just like being able to go dance things, which I'm sure is the same for music. I'm sure Mia could probably um, jump off of this. You know, the way that my body feels things from day to day is just going to be different no matter what. That's like before you even decide what or figure out what mood you're in for the day. Um, And so instead for me, instead of you know, trying to get myself somewhere. It's very much like trying to like meet myself where I'm at first and then just kind of letting my body do the rest and trusting that I'll get there. And honestly, if I wake up and I'm like, for whatever reason, I'm not going to get there today, then that's when I call out of the show and I don't do it. Um, Because at the end of the day, if it's not going to fulfill me and the audience isn't going to get what they're paying for, then it's not really worth it for me to exhaust myself trying to get somewhere that I just know I'm not going to get that day. You know, yeah. and not everybody has that luxury, but, but in, in theater, we, we generally do, which is, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like in acting school, that was a really hard thing for me because we were in class all day, um, every day and like doing, you know, um, song interpretation and, and Shakespeare acting and all this stuff. And sometimes you're just like really not in the fucking mood. Like sometimes you just fucking hate it and you don't want to be there. But I think that, that time in my life was really helpful because like our teachers kind of encouraged us to, to lean into that. Like us as humans, we're never like one thing when we're experiencing anger or like when we're really, really happy. Like there are so many different colors in there. So like wherever I was coming from as Mia was was going to, to add to the scene regardless. You know what I mean? And yeah. like kind of just when you're doing live theater, like it's always going to be different every single time and so like very similar to what Sam said but like to answer your question yes like you definitely bring it in and then there are some times where like you're feeling exactly what the character is feeling like and that can almost be a trap because then you just like break down on stage or like yeah yeah you either like go like this or like 
you get too focused on yourself and then the show sucks, you know? Jeez. It's so intimidating to me to think of trying to do anything like that, but it's, it sounds cool. It sounds like just by even being there and being an actor who has confidence in your craft, you're going to just bring something organically to it anyway. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that like speaking to someone who writes and puts their own music out there, you know, I, I really do feel like while you're saying that sounds very scary, I love doing theater and this is, you know, this is something that I need to work on because getting to play those characters or getting to even take my emotions and put them through certain loopholes to get the product out to me, I feel like I have a protective film and getting up on stage and singing a song that I wrote or hearing a song that I wrote, like be broadcasted somewhere or something like that, that to me feels absolutely petrifying because there is no there's no costume there's no I'm gonna become this person there's no method acting it's literally like hey I was going through something and I wrote this song that's like an inner part of me that not everyone gets to see but now it's maybe gonna play on the radio I think that that is like so crazy so how old were you when you started acting you said this already um me or Sam 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 um I started acting when I was eight yeah, the reason I ask is like, to your point, I wonder if it's like, because you started at eight and I started at like 14 and Mia, how old were you when you started singing? Like around like 12, like it was 12. like yeah. right before high school. It's like you come at something young enough and you have this like cumulative confidence in mm-hmm. yourself. And I feel like that's what makes it okay to test your craft on like any stage, whether it's the radio or whether it's because it's something you've envisioned so many times like the possibility of that happening and just like your own confidence in that craft but i feel like yeah starting at like 14 or 8 or 12 um you just come at it with such full force of like an adolescent you know so many maybe hormones like you're bringing so much of yourself to it at like a young age and investing yourself emotionally in something and then it becomes a crucial part of you that by the time you're like 25 26 it's like just second second nature all that stuff is like all the risk is like part of the reward, which is cheesy or whatever. But like, I feel like that's, yeah. that's a big part of it. No, 100%. Like that fear almost goes away. Yeah. When did you start writing? Songs? Yeah. Um, four, 14. I hated playing covers. Um, so that tra- I just that, that jumped into it. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know. I just like... <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's a compliment. That's a compliment. No, nothing against people who like doing covers, but like, I just, I see your brain working in a way where you're like, well, why wouldn't I just write my own song? Like, I guess so. Yeah. Covers, covers are tricky because like, if you're going to do it, why would you just try? Why wouldn't you add your own spin to it? So I, I definitely have put out covers before, but uh, they have to be very different from the first thing. Otherwise it doesn't, I don't know. I feel like there's, it's not a very good argument. And like someone else could be like, no, and make a better argument. And I would immediately agree with them. But like my attitude is just doing covers. It, it only feels right to me if I'm adding something that's very like Luke to this spin. Yeah. If it yeah. sounds like my sound. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, so you started playing guitar at 14. Mm-hmm. Who taught but, you guitar? Like, did you, I feel like we probably talked about this. I never had a guitar teacher. I had, I started playing piano when I was five. So I started playing piano and I did guild and I did those competitions where you go in the room with just like you memorize a sonata and like that kind of thing. And it really made me not like it, but it was also uh, something that 
made me feel like I was a musical guy or whatever. And actually one of our friends, really weird. It's like not somebody, you know, you know who Lawton is, who we yeah, went to yeah, high school yeah. with. He's like into hunting and yeah, very like, Texas. Exactly. Very Texas. And it was funny. Like I, I hung out with him pretty recently, but it was just so weird because he sort of launched this thing in me or he, not he didn't like he unlocked something in that we like hung out and he like had a had just bought a guitar and like learned this song and I was like really obsessed with it like that afternoon like I went home and was like obsessed with like I remember the song was Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews and Tim mm. Reynolds which is like great song yeah exactly um but I went home and I was like freaking out and I was just like mom do we have any guitars in the house because I know we did and she was like yeah there's one upstairs but it's like missing two strings so I did I mean I picked out that song on the piano and then went and you know, transposed it or whatever onto the guitar and it sounded really badly, but it also launched, like it, it really feels like a trace like that afternoon. I remember the day I started playing guitars because it was like that song, like went home from Lawton's house and like asked, do we have a guitar? And then like from then to today almost feels like, you know, like one long adventure or, or like That's one long, so cool. you know. But Lawton knows this, right? Uh, I think so. Um, I think so. It's, I feel like, it's weird with guys and guy friendships. <laughs> no, so like, you got it. You got to tell him. You got to be like, "Hey, Lawton, buddy." Um, yeah, for sure. Hey, dude, thanks. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but similarly, like you started in dance and then you went into acting. Do you feel like your and it sounds like your dance experience informed the way that you do acting in some ways? So I'd be curious to hear about that. Like, oh, for sure. I feel like in the same way that music, like that, you probably feel with your music. I my awareness in my physical body allows me to act better. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just like that foundation. And this is why I wanted to, this is honestly why I wanted to talk to you about like all the things that you've done, because I feel like as we go through our lives, especially in art and like whatever art you may be doing, you know, I feel like we all kind of have toolkits. And as you go and you do these different things, like you might've hated touring, but you probably took certain things from that experience, put it in like your tool belt and then like went on to the next thing. So when you finally find, like find yourself in a situation when you're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm so happy. I feel good here. You're still bringing things from all those past experiences that help you to produce the best work possible. And that's how my dancing is for me, you know, like growing up and doing dance conventions and taking and studying in all different styles. And, you know, that definitely caters to how I bring myself into a room and like what kind of work I produce. And um, it helps me to be a better musician uh, because I can dance and also my music training and, you know, having studied music very, very, for a very long time and very seriously has helped me become a better dancer. Um, it kind of all is like interconnected, I think, which is, which is interesting. Cause like, and like you look at any artist's toolkit and no two look the same, but you don't necessarily know about all of that when you're just watching someone perform or do their work or write a song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like, yeah, everything that we do informs everything that we do in the future. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even if it's, even if it's like just the time you were in at that life, like if I was touring and I didn't like touring because of something that had nothing to do with the touring itself, really. Mm -hmm. It's just like whatever you bring from that experience was like, I quit that band after like six months. And I remember leaving that and being like, whatever I do next time has to be longer than that. Like, even if I hate it as much as I, I didn't hate it. 
Um, and I'm still super tight with Daniel Donato, who is the guy whose band I was in. But it was also like leaving that. I was like, the next experience I'm in has to be more honest. I have to be more honest in it. Um, it has to be something that even if I dislike it, I'm not just going to like flake out after like a couple of months. I've got to stick with it longer. Um, and the next thing. Hon- honest how? What do you, oh, like when I said honest? Mm-hmm. Um, just everything everything about it like I feel like you can and part of it has to do with growing up I think for me but for that it was just like you know I would touring touring can be really difficult and especially like if you have never done it before um I like on the road I felt like I had to be a certain personality and like on stage I felt like I had to be a certain like backing member band when I remember occasionally Daniel would be like hey you need to be doing more of your own thing like I brought you on the road because you do you play and I like when you're doing this sort of freewheeling stuff and the, mm-hmm. the rehearsals, but then you're on stage and you sort of like, it wasn't like tense up, but you sort of get more like By just doing, book. yeah, bluegrass sort of like very standard stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I were to invest myself, you know, more honestly, and part of that maybe is just getting accustomed to being on stage every night, you know, for, for a long time. Um, but like, once you get to that point, I just felt like I needed to the next time around, you know, even if I felt insecure in any way, know that I have enough experience or enough, you know, opinions about music and that kind of thing to like bring to the table and be more confident and honest and not try and front, you know, or be any way that I'm not. Yeah. Would you want to like head up a band? Like, would you want to be less of a background? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done that before. I've never toured doing that. Um, but I mean, I'm always in the state where I want to be in a bluegrass band, like the front of a bluegrass band. That's like the one consistent thing. And, uh, I haven't done that in a long time and it's tough in Austin, but as I said, I'm going back to Nashville pretty soon. So I feel like that's going to be a priority. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love bluegrass so much. Yeah. It's, um, it's really good for anger. It's really good for (laughs) romance. It's really good for feeling sad. I mean, depending on how you're trying to do it. Like, do you mm-hmm. like Chris Thiele? Mm-hmm. Like a huge range of things going on in that man's brain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, it's because it's, it's so, I say bluegrass, I really shouldn't say bluegrass. I just mean that pairing of instruments like mandolin yeah. and fiddle. It's, it doesn't mean that that's bluegrass. I'm not like going out there and playing old standards necessarily. Love but, that though. Love yeah. that standard. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the, I don't know if it's considered bluegrass, but you know that um, album by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss? Yeah, it won a Grammy. Raising Sand. Yeah. So good. They're making another one. Shut up. Robert Plant was was in Nashville. My friend Kat saw him uh, when she went square dancing downtown. He was like there. (gasps) And then I heard through some other people that they were recording a a, like a part two. Oh my. Okay. That's such a good album incredible it's an amazing album and like I remember I fell in love with it this is so funny I fell in love with it because of dance I was like dancing at Episcopal Mm -hmm. and um our teacher would like play it for like lyrical warm-up days like Mm -hmm. she and I remember just being like I am so curious about this as a singer like how did they come up with this sound I would have never like thought to put those two voices together but they go so well beautiful yeah like holy shit and like the melodies they come up with and yeah it's an incredible album that that album makes me feel like homesick for for some reason I don't know yeah you know yeah I feel like roots music has a way of doing that like 
Yeah. I, I listen to Nickel Creek and I think about a summer camp oh, I went to when I was a kid. I love Nickel Creek. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so great. You know what's funny? I like, I don't know. I come from the country. So like I grew up going to like Christian horse riding camp every summer and like I did rodeos in the summer. How do you and, make um, a horseback riding Christian? It's really quick. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about it. It's called honestly, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get sponsored. We're going it's there. called <laughs> I fucked us an Amtrak train. We're going. Um I it's called River Valley Ranch and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Like I did like sleepaway camp there every summer when I was younger. And you go and like you can do different you can do like different things. Like you can go for however many, however long, however short. And I used to go for like concentration and horseback riding where like you like get you like are assigned a horse and like you practice riding on that horse. You like go on trails, you, you do like agility training. And then in the mornings we, there was this gorgeous cliff and we would go have church on the cliff. And it was really cool. Anyway, all that to say, by the way, I am a champion mutton buster. And in case you were wondering what the fuck is that, I'm a champion sheep rider. Wow. No. It's on my special skills on my resume. Oh, uh, my God. Because I literally am a champion. That's all that to say, I, I like when I when I I'm. Luke, I'm like very much a hip hop dancer. I started dancing. I trained in all styles, but like kind of just found myself really vibing with hip-hop more than anything else and that's kind of my secret weapon uh nowadays especially in the musical theater industry but I came from the country and I was like I have to get as far away from country music as possible there was just like I was like I grew up so saturated in this like I if I hear another country song I'm gonna lose it and yeah. now that I'm in the musical theater industry it's funny because country music is actually the best storytelling mm-hmm. um as, as far as I'm concerned over as like I'm over generalizing the genre but like but it's like a mainstream genre probably so yes it's just it's such a it's such a great storytelling genre you listen to one song that has a beginning middle and end it's not you know just for a catchy hook and usually country music or like bluegrass or whatever it does have a catchy hook but like yeah. there's so much to it um and it's interesting Mia that you say that you dance to a lot of like bluegrass country music because my dance studio that I grew up dancing at we only ever did warm up and across the floor to the Dixie Chicks which are now the Chicks but so I was actually That's a about, good one I was actually about to mention the Chicks because one of the first like cabarets I sang at when I was you know a wee baby um I sang Traveling Soldier <laughs> and that song is like so sad and like so you know so heart-wrenching but it's because of the storytelling like it tells a full story start to finish and it's yeah it's just it's really cool it's like as a country singer you almost like become this narrator of like all these different people's lives Mm -hmm. um and and you really learn to like dig into the words and like yes a lot of the songs sound the same but like there's a reason like like that that formula works a lot of the time and it and it makes people happy you know what i mean like people love country music (laughs) I mean, there is a through line. I mean, there's some bad shit that happens. Some bad music that comes out. But at the same time, you can draw a through line from like, I like Miranda Lambert. I like her. I like her songs. I, you can draw a line from like Tom T. Hall, you know, singing like, what's that song? Tulsa Telephone Book. Like all the way yes. up to some of the 
you know, Chris Stapleton music that you'll hear today. And I like Tom T. Hall. He's a good example because I like when you're saying you become like this narrator because all his songs sound like he's like this blackout to me sounds like he's this really blackout guy drunk who like just got broken up with like at the bar just like talking to some stranger he sounds like a pathetic asshole but like that you want to listen to and like hear what he has to say I love I love I feel yeah. like he's a good, so, like um, people who like aren't aren't heard all the time you know, yeah it's... exactly yeah 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 that's a really good that's a really really good way to put it yeah I mean you you come across so much country music because of <laughs> where you work yeah yes yes I do <laughs> <laughs> um a lot of it some some interesting things and I, I also see like you know what people think is going to be popular you know next in the coming years and it's just it's pretty crazy I mean I feel like Nashville in some ways always is trying to be a little LA and like how are we gonna you know how are we it's like the trends from pop to that's why I said lit when you guys said lit earlier I feel mm -hmm. like that is something that people still say seriously in like country music songs now and just feel like it's we're yeah. always like three or four years behind, you know, <laughs> LA. <laughs> like yeah, we, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? They're saying it like unironically. Yeah, like, exactly. No, 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 you got to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you also got to take a step back. I was talking to my brother before I was talking to you guys, and you got to take a step back and like look at where you are sometimes. Like, I am not going to shit on what I do now necessarily, but I mean, I look at the trajectory of my career and like, you know, I've been doing this for 13 months and there are places to go from here if I do want to get closer to hip hop or gospel or R&B. Um, so it's just, it's a wild ride. But I feel like there's, there's shitty things about, you know, the work that you do no matter what you're going to do and there are things to be grateful for. Yeah, where do you um, think, where do you think you want to go from here? Um, I, I mean, my dream is to be an A&R uh, in like gospel or you know, R&B. Uh, would be like the most I can't even get it out because it sounds like such a fantasy <laughs> like A&R and R&B <laughs> it sounds like how could I ever do that but that would be like I mean if you were to ask me like a dream job that would be incredible to be able to do something like that it's really hard to get into A&R uh, of course but what about you I mean it sounds like Sam you're pretty much like where you want to be like right now in terms of like I don't know like what where, where would you where do you guys want to be next I guess you have a I'm not totally sure at the moment you know I I have a job to go back to at some point when this is all over and honestly I'm not totally sure at the moment our industry has really gone through a lot uh in the past year and and it's all been necessary but it definitely you know me looking at the industry and my job, which I'm still extremely thankful for I look at it a little differently even today than I did last February. Um, and so honestly, like that's, that's a good question. And that's a question that I've kind of been ruminating on for a couple weeks, like very heavily. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is for, I think for Mia too, this is also the longest that we've gone without our industry. Yeah. So, and, and while that sucks, of course, you know, Mia's got a job at a startup and like is like doing things for fulfillment and not for employment. And I kind of feel the same way. Um, me choosing to take my, you know, me choosing to perform places or choosing to teach dance classes is, you know, I've, 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 I've been able to survive happily generally in the past year without my career. So I'm not really sure what it's going to look like when I go back. Um, yeah. 
So I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, of course, like my, like my childhood dream, which I still dream of is to win a Tony award and a leading role where I get to sing and dance an equal amount. But, uh, I think that when our industry does come back, it's going to be time for people that don't look like me to tell stories. Um, so whatever that means and however I can be malleable and fit into that mold and help to get that along, I hope that I can do that, you know? Yeah. Our industry. I feel like I want to change my answer to that too. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just like comfort of, because I'm trying to get that. That's you guys asked about like doing a bunch of different things. I mean, part of it's not great that I did that because part of it is like constantly when you do find some security, um, you're just kind of like, all right, now this was obviously leading to something and it's, Mm. you, you get less, you know, reward from that, like gratification or whatever from that. Like maybe it looks great on a resume, but like internally, you know, there are lots of times that, you know, I mean, it's just better. And that's why I feel like I'm doing my current thing for the last 13 months and not, because I've been pretty conscious about just like, all right, no, like let's slow everything down a little bit and just be like, not immediately think about what you want to do next, mm-hmm. because that's a terrible way to, you know, that's not good for your, the way that you feel about yourself. Cause it, you, then you're always going to feel inadequate. You're always like le- leaning into something rather than mm-hmm. like, or leading towards yeah. something rather than like, you know, so that's like, yeah. that's a good answer. I feel like I'm going to change. I'm going to be it a better version of myself and change my answer to that. Well, I, th- I think, I think it's interesting that you say that as an artist who's not in our industry, mm-hmm. um, because I think about this all Very the time. I, yeah. I think about the fact that like any job that I've ever had, I'm just constantly thinking about what's next. There's never any enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's never, enjo- I, I don't allow myself to enjoy anything. I'm, you know, I'm like, I might be exhausted. I'm working myself to the bone. I'm sick all the time, but what's next? I have to keep going. I have to keep working. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I remember like last March when everything first got shut down, I was like, man, I really wish that I enjoyed everything a little bit more because now that I don't have it, I want it back. And like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't snap my fingers and make that happen. So yeah, that's, it's fascinating that you say that because even the things that you don't enjoy, even, you know, the jobs or the survival jobs or the little moments in time where you feel the unhappiest for whatever reason, mm-hmm. there are things that you can take from, from all of it. And I, I, a lot of things in my life, I just haven't, I'm like, ah, just like bulldozing to get to the next thing. Sure. And it's important that you feel everything uh, to to your point. Like if you feel shitty, this is taken from something from a a friend said this to me recently, but like pain is like, it cuts through all the bullshit, like immediately, like it's important because it like immediately, like maybe it doesn't have to be pain. Maybe it can be just, you know, not feeling comfort about where you are right now or whatever. But like, you need to listen to that feeling and like, how are you going to handle that? Like, don't, don't just like look at your phone or like, I don't know. I'm trying to go off what you said and just, and just like really trying to live in the moment, whether it's good or it's bad and try and go away with it, go away from it with like some sort of lesson or it's not going to go anywhere, you know, like, I mean, and you typically feel better. Like if you let it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I also think like in our industries, at least I know I'm always like so obsessed with what other people want me to do like taking stock of like not only like what's the next job but like making sure you're leveling up with the next job and like yeah you know, making making sure other people are giving you the thumbs up on like the next job that you do and I just yeah. like I'm so 
fucking sick of that. And so I'm going to stop doing that. Um, I don't, I don't know where I want to be. I mean, like I, I love music. Like I just, music is, is just my thing. Like, and I, and I have found even more of a love for it during the pandemic because I've been, you know, by myself in my apartment, just like singing whatever I can and like trying to learn things about logic and like, you know, I, and, and just trying to keep myself creatively fulfilled. So I know whatever I want to do, I want it to be musical, like in some, some aspect, whether it means writing or, or recording music and like, um, yeah, I, I do know that, but, and I love New York. I think I would only move somewhere else if like a job took me there. But awesome. I don't know. I mean, our industry is just so fucking turbulent. And like like Sam said, it's necessary. But I don't fucking know. And I'm just going to embrace that. Like, and just be here right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's a big part of why we wanted to do the podcast, too. Like, it's just, it's fun. It fulfills us. We get to talk to a lot of amazing people and, like, hang out with each other and, you know relate i don't know yeah connect i mean this whole thing is about connect i mean a connection and like how important it is like i I feel like i've gotten worse at i don't know it's just weird it's it's like if you look at the pandemic as i mean obviously there's so much tragedy and trauma and it's this collective shared thing i mean another side of that is the opportunity to as we're all three talking about like trying to position ourselves so that we're comfortable in the moment and we find ways to connect with each other like regardless um but i'm going to use you as a role model mia and try and feel comfortable with where i am as well and uh i feel like that's that's important i think it's important too especially as we're all you know like we're all mid-20s like our lives are are very um they're they're very much in like a a weird spot anyway like without the pandemic like I know I've had kind of those moments of like is this my quarter life crisis right now like what is happening I feel like I should be doing so many things and so it's almost like COVID has just given us the ability to be like you know what everybody's in the same spot truly don't stress like just you know play music and like drink wine and talk to your friends for sure Wine is is fucking crucial. It's important. Wine is is crucial. Wait, what's your like, what's your go-to cocktail? Is it something with whiskey? Um, probably an old fashioned. Yeah. I mean, I really like whiskey and coffee is like sort of my, that's what I'm drinking currently. That's always been like ever since, I think that was like the first cocktail I had actually, because it was like just so easy to do Mm -hmm. and it combines my two favorite things. So it's probably what it is. Um, is your favorite cocktail wine white wine <laughs> no, no, no mine mine is an extra dirty tito's martini but is that okay so a lot of olive juice a lot of okay. olive juice right. um yeah no vermouth and usually like three olives it's just like damn olives. <laughs> it's a lot of, do you not like olives uh i don't you know there's that rule though right if you uh-huh. if the person you're with is not supposed is that what's that from yeah it's from how, how i met your mother, mother. you it's yeah. the olive, oh my god it's the olive theory so. i hear right. it i hear this almost every day because my <laughs> friend, you and my boyfriend would get along so well his go-to <laughs> drink is also an old-fashioned but yeah he's like well of course i don't like olives because you like olives have what have you not watched how i met your mother and i'm like <laughs> 
How many times can I give <laughs> you this? The theory hold. The olive theory holds up. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam, what's your yeah. what's your go-to? Well, it would either be a martini, but with gin. Um, or I don't know. I feel like it's changing. I used to hate whiskey, and more and more now I'm going to the bar and ordering whiskey cocktails i mean honestly though i'm a red wine hoe like if you sliced me open my veins would pour out pinot noir (laughs) my boyfriend is like a a big gamer but he got me a switch um so i've recently i'm i would say i'm a big super smash bros player because he has taught me very well but i've logged at least 300 hours on animal crossing nice and i've just i started took a break and i'm restarting breath of the wild okay that's the one the only thing i played on twitch and it was incredible it's like beautiful oh Um, it's the most beautiful game yeah it's the most beautiful thing i've literally ever seen i like i started playing it i was like so it's a zelda game and it's it's like part of a you know the zelda the zelda empire in gaming good music right I've heard yes. people talk about oh, yeah. the Zelda music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's gorgeous. It's like you, it's kind of like, you know, in, in the Zelda storyline, um, Ganon like has like taken over the whole world and basically killed Link who was trying to fight him and was killed. And then he, he wakes up with like no memory of what happened. And oh, he shit. basically has to work back backwards, fight all these bosses in order to like reawaken the, the city and the world. And, it. It, and like, I'm not, I'm like 5% into the game. It's very hard. And like the combat is tricky, but it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like it's so gorgeous. Oh. Yeah. The Hyrule field like when you're walking around it and that thing comes up from underground and like beeps on you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. I've killed none of those during like 12 uh, Yeah, well, I've like, I've definitely, it's taken me a while. I'm like at like a fork in the road right now where I'm like, I can't beat the, the first big boss and I can't yeah. beat those like little like meep, meep, meep things. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's like the most beautiful. Oh God, it's gorgeous. And like the, the music is gorgeous. The sounds are gorgeous. It's very fun. Um, my boyfriend has a poster over his bed of Link overlooking the field. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, he's like, like wild gamer. Like, and he like reviews games and like he knows oh, wow. so much about it. He's amazing at Mario Kart and I suck at Mario Kart. So. I'm, I suck at Mario Kart too. I literally come, I stay into, I hold down. I pay rent for 12th place. <laughs> <laughs> well put, yeah. But, I pay for a studio apartment in 12th place. <laughs> but I've also recently gotten into Pokemon. I'm a, I'm like, I started playing Pokemon and I was like, wait, all of these Pokemon look like my dog. Wait here, I'll do this now. Okay, <laughs> they Frankie. do actually. Going deep. Frankie, wake up. Yeah, very deep. Wake Luke, up. Luke, you're in a studio, right? Yeah, I'm in a studio. You're seeing all of it right now. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's tiny. Would you ever get a dog? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah, what kind of dog? Um, so I saw a mix between the other day in the elevator, a uh, Pomeranian and a Husky. It's called a Palmski. <gasps> yes, I sure. love Palmski. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I imagine it's like 15K to get a good yeah. good Palmski. I don't know, but that was the most, the cutest fucking dog I've ever seen, but ever. Doggos are expensive. I paid, I won't tell you how much money I paid for this potato. <laughs> for the, Frankie, 
full, let me get let me, full potato. You need a Frankie. Good look at you, Frankie. Oh. I paid too much money for this, but this brings me more joy than anything. So sweet. Mm. She says she, lo- she loves to hear people sing. She'll like fall asleep when you start. Oh singing. my gosh. Mi- Mia was in my apartment a little bit like a, oh, a week or so ago. And she was like, I'm going to warm up here for this gig that I, this recording thing that I'm doing. And she started warming up and Frankie was like, hmm. literally Frankie just went. <laughs> so cute. She'd make a TikTok of that. I, I, I did try to catch her in the act because I'm that fucking person now I'm like oh I better record this you know yeah. might yeah. strike gold and she was like already asleep I was like damn it I miss <laughs> I miss the inciting <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah hold on let me sample that yeah exactly exactly no she's she's the sweetest yeah. well well we won't keep you too much longer because we've sorry been talking for like almost an hour and a half um but I wanted to ask, do you have anything else that like you're writing or like you're currently in the process of writing, like in terms of music or like, what are you working on? Yeah, I have another song coming out early next month. Perfect. Um, I didn't even plan that plug. Perfect. No. <laughs> um, but it, I still don't know what the song is called. I have the whole thing written, but there's no like, hook really. So it doesn't yeah. really, I don't really know what the title will be. I feel like it's going to be one of those songs where you like pull the most meaningful lyric from one of the verses mm. and that's going to be the title yeah. if it makes any sense what, but yeah going in thursday to Sorry. uh oh man you know me i don't really have like um but it's about i feel like i don't want to be too moody i feel like i've been really moody topic guy in this podcast but I it's a it's a it's like an upbeat song but it's about uh, a guy who i know who was pretty heavy into the benzos for a while was struggling with that and I don't really know him anymore but I started writing it when I knew him and it's about what his future wife would say to him like that's what the lyrics are um so it's like written from like her perspective but she's a guy you know it's just Mm -hmm. weird trippy not trippy but it's just like I don't know maybe they're who knows but yeah it's from her perspective like looking at him and like the complicated Mm -hmm. shit that you feel when you're with somebody who's struggling like that um that's really cool but yeah so i'm excited to to continue to wrap that to put that out is that also going to be like a live no it's going to be fully it's like a full band thing like the thing i put out yesterday was like a live raw work tape it was like mm-hmm. i sat down with the guitar played it and sang live sat back down with the same guitar like did some soloing stuff and then did piano stuff and that was it but this next one will be like other people are involved the drummer and stuff so it would be fully produced could we um this is a weird question but would you be cool if we like played a sample of one of your songs at the end of this episode yeah go for it absolutely okay um, which which one would me you like seven hundred dollars and you can <laughs> so um i'm gonna need seven cents next seven seven hundred cents seven hundred cents um uh, what what song we actually put one of your songs on our rooftop playlist Oh, sweet. Which one was it? Small Victory. I texted you and I was like, I'm obsessed with this fucking song. I can't nice. stop That's listening great. to it. Um, um, yeah, you could do you could do that song. Another one on Spotify. Ah, it's so old, though. I put one on out called Sweet, but I've always felt like that was a, a nice little gem because it's so different from all the other stuff I've done. Uh, but yeah, do do some Small Victory for sure we what? i mean we can do a snippet of both like i mean you know, hell yeah we can we can do whatever we can plug whatever Play them at the same time 
oh, put it at the same time see and fans see, react. yeah, and mm-hmm. see what people think of that matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah. Feels like a solid <laughs> idea. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Um, um, sweet. Thank you guys for inviting oh me on. Gosh, here. of course. Yeah, of course, it was so much fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's do a guitar lesson at some point. Yeah, sure. I need to buy my guitar. I, I like recently cut my nails. This is my whole thing. I love having long nails, and I'm just. I can't get rid of them. Is there a way to play guitar with long nails? Yeah, for sure. You can play, you can do stuff that people with short nails can't do. So can you teach me that? Um, yeah, definitely. I've never, I've never had the long nail approach, but John Butler trio. <laughs> do you guys know John uh-huh, Butler? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. He has the long, crazy long nails and he sort of does some crazy stuff with that. Okay. Uh, okay. This is making me feel better. Okay. I'm going to buy yeah. my guitar cool. and we'll set up a lesson. I'll, I'll email Great. your assistant. Right. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, who knows? Maybe one day I will live in New York. There's definitely a Please. sunny office there. So. Come hang out. I'll be yeah. in, um, I'm visiting Houston and Austin next month for cool. like two and a half weeks. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so see you then. You don't have to use your hands Just let me feel it But you give me with your glance Talk to me with silence You don't have to have a plan Just let me read your lips I will do what they demand Drinks tonight. Nobody's leaving till I'm wrong.